The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time, and usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. Today's episode is a very exciting one because it is a joint episode with Dr. Ryan Gray and Rachel Grubbs. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that Dr. Gray was one of our first guests, and we're telling you all about MAPT and our mission for helping pre-health students. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. All right, guys, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to mention an upcoming course for any recently graduated PA students or really any PA students getting ready for pants and trying to figure out how they want to study. So Rosh Review has a live boot camp for the pants, and this can also be used for the pantry, which is what I'm doing right now as my recertification. But it is a live boot camp, and it's a five-day course from October 23rd through 27th that's coming up. They do this every month, and so this course will be the same schedule, two live instructors with shorter classes. So a shorter day, which gives you time if you're in the course to complete the daily assessment and really process the content and study. So Rosh Review, a blueprint prep company, is offering this and will put all of the information and the links in the description so that you can check that out, see if it's something that would be helpful to you, pass it along to a friend, and keep it in the back of your mind for later since it is something that they are providing regularly. All right, let's get today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. Thank you for joining me. And if you are new here, I'm Savannah. I am a dermatology PA and creator of the PA platform and the pre-PA club, which is this podcast. Thank you for listening and tuning in. And today's episode will be a little bit different because it's actually coming from an Instagram live that we did a couple of weeks ago. And if you've been listening to the podcast or following along on social media or on our newsletter, email list, You will have heard about MAPT, M-A-P-P-D, which is a free application tracker that I am very excited to be working with and helping to develop the pre-PA side of. It is already functional and great for pre-PAs, but we're just going to make it even better. So we're talking about that in this Instagram Live and just how that came to be and what our goals are with um kind of developing mapped and the PA platform and then also getting into some really good Q&A about just all kinds of stuff, pre-PA things, getting into PA school, application season, interview season, everything going on right now. So we'll get into that in just a second and I wanted to do a, we're coming up let me see, in two weeks now? Yeah, we're coming up on MAPTCON, which is in Baltimore. I would love for you to join me. You can use the code PA platform on your ticket at mappedcon.com. It's October 6th through 8th uh, at the Baltimore Inner Harbor at the Hilton there. Apparently there's an Orioles playoff game, so that'll be exciting. But we'll be talking about all kinds of PA stuff. Uh, The programming and sessions that I've planned, we have a PA admissions panel, a student panel, a practicing PA panel. Uh, I'm talking about PA school applications. AAPA is coming to talk about the PA profession as a whole. 
Um, lots of other more general sessions about personal statements and getting experience as well as some specialty stuff like women in healthcare, working with pediatric populations, working in surgery. So lots of really great opportunities for networking, meeting people who are also pre-PA and going to be your future colleagues as well as talking to schools, uh, test prep companies, lots of people there ready to help you out. So we would love for you to join us for that. And if you're coming, let me know. Send me an email or reach out on social media so we can make sure that you're aware of all of the meetups and fun stuff we have planned for pre-PA specifically. All right, let's jump into the episode. And I am, again, just grateful for your listening. If you have enjoyed the podcast, I would love for you to refer to a friend or leave us a rating so that more people can find it and find out about the PA profession. Instagram Live. It is Friday. It is Q&A day, September 8th. Uh, I am hanging out in Augusta, Georgia, and I'm excited uh, to make some announcements today. We're going to be joined by uh, a couple people today. Um, we're going to be joined by, you'll see, you'll see. We've got some fun, fun story time today about uh, the medical school HQ um, and mapped and our mission and where we're going and how we're growing. Uh, <clears throat> I am hanging out in the lobby of a hotel right now because uh, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah, I need to send you <laughs> a ticket. <laughs> Sarah, I'm going to send you a ticket. <laughs> um, but then, congratulations, Sarah, uh, that you... Uh, So we have uh, someone joining us today. A couple people. Hello, Savannah Perry. Hi, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you doing? Doing good. All right. Uh, We're expecting one more person to join us here in a minute. We can start talking about what's going on. Sure. Uh, so we're going to talk about kind of Medical School HQ, the PA platform, mapped, uh, where we're going, what we're doing, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'll answer some questions along the way. So if any of you have any questions about going to PA school, going to med school, hey, look at that. Rachel is here. Uh, Rachel just requested to join live, hit that little camera button, um, and click request to join live. We can hang out. Here we go. If this works, we got the. Uh, I'll be so impressed. <laughs> got the phone ringing in the background. I'm sitting in the lobby of the hotel. Hi. Uh, hello, Rachel Gross. Hello. So I'm sitting in the lobby of the hotel. Savannah, you are about 200 feet away from me in a little conference room in the hotel. Rachel, you are a couple floors up in the room of your hotel, and we are all gathered together. Um, uh, plotting world domination and, and uh, improving the process for, for pre-med and pre-PA students to get into their respective schools. Yeah. So um, we made the announcement a couple days ago. Savannah, you and the PA platform have joined the MAPT family, which Medical School HQ is part of as well. Uh, so welcome, first and foremost. Um, Talk about the, the mission of, of the PA platform and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into kind of a little bit of a history of, of how we all started talking. Yeah, so I started the PA platform. I've been a PA now for nine years and I started the PA platform about eight years ago, just feeling like people didn't know that. PA was an option, that it was a profession that they may want to look into or consider. And then a lot of people, once they find the PA profession, it's a lot later in their educational journey, and they may not have advisors or access to people to help them figure it out. And it's pretty complicated. Um, There's lots of different steps and pieces and, and things that have to happen. So... I really just started blogging and getting information out there about PAs and how to become a PA. And that has grown into a community of just trying to help 
make the process easier. Yeah. So by providing advice and resources and tools, which now you guys are definitely helped um, a lot with in, in the, the pre-PA side of things. Um, and it's really cool to be able to connect with future PAs and people in other healthcare professions, um, pre-meds and stuff, and kind of learn from each other. Uh, sorry if you hear someone talking. Um, and and just kind of get the word out. And, you know, I, I really like getting to help students. I've always said in another life, I would be an advisor. And so this helps me be able to do that and kind of stay connected to that pre-PA process. Yeah. Um, and Ryan was one of my very first podcast guests, like maybe episode, like top 10, first 10 episodes, <laughs> I think you're on, uh, and just really was supportive and reached out and was very encouraging. It was great. We love to see, you know, collaboration interprofessionally. And I think, um, mapped and MSHQ do a really great job of promoting that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny. I was I was looking last night through our kind of history of communication. And the first time we chatted, I think it was 2017. Uh, so a couple uh -huh. years after you started the PA platform and I was trying to figure out like where that communication started and you found a random podcast that I was on about writing books. And it was just like this funny history. Um, and then I think in 2019 maybe i have to go back and look 2019 it was like hey savannah uh we we got on a phone call at some point i remember standing in in my kids playroom talking with you um and and discussing like what are you up to i think there's there's some opportunities to collaborate here yeah and and then that went nowhere because i started talking to rachel <laughs> Completely ghosted me. Uh, <laughs> I completely ghosted you. And in the messages, I'm like, I'm so sorry for ghosting you. Uh, but here's what we're up to. Um, so, Rachel, talk about um, MAPT and how we kind of got started yeah. with this yeah. MAPT journey. And then I'll yeah, be right so back. I'm going to go close the door to Savannah's okay. room to, cool. to reduce some of that okay. noise. Uh, yeah, so um, some of you may know uh, Ryan and I met actually when um, – when the MCAT podcast got started. So the MCAT podcast is now with Ryan and Blueprint MCAT, which back then it was Next Step MCAT and I worked there. So that's how I connected with Ryan. And, um, you know, I had been in MCAT a long time, but I'd always done a little bit of pre-med advising. I mean, you kind of have to when you're doing MCAT prep. And my biggest wish was always, if only I could meet these students a year or two earlier and help them get on the right path so that when they're ready to apply, they're not, you know, you, you hear so many horror stories of students who didn't know that C minus didn't fulfill the prerequisite or, you know, made some mistakes with their grades and thought the MCAT was going to fix it, which it doesn't really work that way. Or they would tell me that their extracurriculars were great and then they would have not shadowed a single physician or done one bit of patient care because they thought like, well, I did research. I did some volunteering. I'm good, right? Like they just didn't know. Um, and in getting to know Ryan, you know, he sort of shared the same dream. We were always talking about like, what if there was a tool where as soon as you're pre-med, we can get connected with you and supplement, hopefully, hopefully you're getting great advising at your school. But if your school has like an unfortunate student to advisor ratio, which many, many schools do, a lot of advisors are overworked, or if you don't have an advisor, how could you get that help? Um, and so Ryan and I decided to get together and make that a reality. And that's where MAPT came in. Yeah, so we've been building MAPT now since like February, March, April mm -hmm. of 2020. Yep. Uh, beta, beta launched in August of 2020. Um, and now have 30 plus thousand students on the platform, thousands of students using it every month. Uh, with with lots of plans to make it even better. Uh, we have a big redesign coming, which is great. And then lots of plans uh, specifically for the pre-PA side of the house because things are, are very different. Uh, and our initial pass at <clears throat> making MAPT pre-PA friendly was, was not the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and Savannah and the PA platform team have 
um, been really helping us guide a lot of the the changes in maps that are coming, um, uh, redesign wise and functionality wise for pre PA students to to hopefully make that process a lot easier and better. Uh, but yeah, Savannah, I reached back out to you <laughs> last, last year at some point. May. I was like, yeah. In, in May and and said, hey, uh, let's let's talk big picture plans. Um, you're doing obviously awesome stuff with the PA platform. Medical School HQ is growing. We have this thing called Maps now. Um, is is there any room for for a, a much bigger collaboration? And we kind of talked through lots of options, and we decided, hey, let's let's become one big happy family. Um, and we made that official in July. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's the exciting news and how we're growing and kind of the direction that we're headed in in terms of our mission at MAPT in terms of helping pre-med, pre-PA, and then in the, in the future, um, all, if not, or most, if not all of the pre-health fields um, for students who want to go to PT school, vet, dent, all that kind of good stuff. So excited to continue to help that process along. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Okay. What's your question? Um, and people <laughs> may want to answer in the comments too. How would you describe mapped in, in two sentences to somebody. So my audience, clearly this is new to them. I've kind of mentioned a little bit, but yeah. you know, now that we're kind of building out pre-PA and the pre-med side is awesome. And we're just adding features and making things better and better. But if somebody like doesn't know what mapped is, mm -hmm. what's, what's your quick, this is what it is. What's this the is elevator why you need pitch? It. Yeah. yeah. So <sighs> it's hard. It's hard. It is hard because there is aspirationally what I want it to be. And that's what I have in my head, but that's not where it's at yet. Um, and there's what it is right now. So, so at its core mapped is a pre-med and pre-PA tracking tool. So a process tracking tool, the process of taking courses and getting application specific GPAs for the pre-med side, it'll calculate your, uh, uh, AMCAS, ACOMIS, and TMDSAS application GPA, mm -hmm. which is the thing that everyone loves. They're like, I can see my GPA. I can see my graph. I'm like, that's just some math equations on the back end with a pretty graph. Uh, for the pre-PA side, they can see their CASPA GPAs, right? You and I both know, or we all know, um, <clears throat> in, in our respective Facebook groups, you, it, yours with the pre-PA club uh, Facebook group, uh, and ours with um, the pre-med hangout, it's it's a lot of questions about how do I figure out my GPA and like just go sign up for a free math account, put in your grades and, and you can see. And even with that, there's still a lot that we can improve upon to make it easier for students to really understand that process. Cause it's like, well, what's science and what's not science? And I don't know like all this stuff to, to calculate it. Um, so that's a lot more than two sentences and I barely scratched the surface of what MAPT is, but, but ultimately our, I'll give you the vision of MAPT. Our vision of MAPT is a tool to allow a student, whether you're pre-med, pre-PA, again, in the future, pre-dent, pre-vet, et cetera, to be able to enter all of their information and understand where they are at in the process and where they need mm -hmm. to go to have the best chances of getting into the school that they want to get into. So at, at either an affordable price or for, for free, right? Most of MAPT is free. Um, and so that's, that's the ultimate goal. What do you think about that, Rachel? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like if someone asks me what I do for a living, I say I help free meds get into med school or I help future healthcare providers get into their health profession school, right? That's the easiest way to answer it. But if we're talking just about MAPT, like what about this software, this web-based platform, then yeah, I typically say help you customize your roadmap to school and then track your progress, right? And I mean, there's a reason we named it MAPT, right? We're trying to help you guys visualize, like this is a journey. There's going to be a lot of different stops along the way. 
um, you know, the metaphor works well, right? There's more than one road. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's not, it's not map D it's not MD app. It's, it's, it's not, it's just mapped. Just put an E in there and pronounce it like that. Yeah. We just couldn't afford the E. Yeah. 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 Um, there's like an invisible apostrophe, right? So it's M-A-P-P, -P, invisible apostrophe D. Just say map. map right? say that. That's it. That's it. Um, but yeah, I mean, customize your roadmap, track your successes, prevent errors. Yeah, yeah. Prevent that's, errors. that's my elevator speech on map. Yeah. I like that. And once people log in, what they see is that there is actually a visual roadmap. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is cool. And I know you guys have added the the custom, you know, milestones you can put on there. There's so much in there. And I know we'll be sharing more of that and showing more of that. And it's really cool. So that's why I'm excited for the pre-PA side and the pre-med side, just to be able to brainstorm and kind of learn, learn more and help more people and figure out what yeah. you guys watching want us to do to make your lives easier. Exactly. <laughs> Help, help, help us help you. That's, that's yes. the thing. Uh, Madeline asks, should you put experiences like working retail in your application? I've worked in retail for three years while also working. Um, I know it doesn't have to do with med school at all, but I'm curious. This is such a common thing. I, I don't know on, on the pre-med side, Savannah, for you on the pre-PA side, is this a common question of like, should I put non-medical things on an application? Yes, and it's gotten more common, which my answer is always yes, absolutely put it on there. But we don't have a limit on the number of experiences we can put where I think you guys do. One of the Just applications. The MD, MD yeah. schools, okay. too, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, if you learned something from it, if it was beneficial to you, yeah. I mean, medicine is kind of customer service. So I work as a dermatology PA. I'm seeing 35 to 40 people a day. There's a lot of customer service in that. <laughs> Yeah. Would you like fries with that? I mean, uh, <laughs> would you maybe like some retinoids, <laughs> some, you know, know, sunscreen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, right? Rachel, we talk all the time about, um, the intangibles. Yes. Um, it, if, if you're working retail, like I tell the story all the time of, uh, a non-traditional student, we work with a lot of non-traditional students on the, the medical school HQ side, the, the student, uh, really super non-trad. I looked at his application. He didn't get into med school. He had three activities on his application. I'm like, wow. you've been out of school for nine years. What have you been doing with your time? He's like, well, I worked at Walmart as a manager. I did this, I did that. I'm like, why isn't this stuff on your application? You working as a manager at Walmart, number one, you can tell me about a, a lot of the impact that you've had. But number two, I can probably assume you have some sort of leadership skills, some mm -hmm. sort of communication skills, some sort of organizational skills that that you don't really have to tell me about just the title of manager at a big box retail store tells me a lot about you that I could then translate into your abilities as someone in our class or a future physician or, or things like that. So so yes, Madeline, put put your retail stuff on there. Yeah, and I think the other thing that I try to encourage people to understand is I think it helps when you add those kinds of experiences show a bigger picture. So, you know, if you were working while you were taking classes, but you don't put that work experience on there, a school may not see that and know how great you are at time management and doing a lot of different things because you were not just taking classes, you were taking classes and you were working and you were volunteering and doing all this different stuff at the same time. So yeah, include that, give that big picture there you can yeah yeah Sit, sitting down with two applications one student has a 4.0 um and, and and maybe one experience the other student has a 4.0 but had to work full-time and was getting clinical experiences and was doing this and that and i'm like oh like th those are two completely different pictures that are painted there mm -hmm. um, cool cool uh, Josie asks about taking the MCAT three times if you uh, approve your score significantly each time. Right, Joel? I mean, I guess I'll start with a simple answer, Josie, which is what's the alternative, right? Like, if you're asking me this, my guess is you've already taken it twice, right? 
Um, I mean, maybe it's a hypothetical, but if you don't think that you've reached your peak performance and you want to take it again, then go for it. Um, three is not ideal, right? Ideal is one and done, but they have a seven time MCAT limit for a reason because a lot of people take it three or four times. Um, the caveat you gave, the condition you put in your question to me is the really important thing. Um, and you know, you can't guarantee those points until you get in there and have the test day, but ask yourself, what am I doing differently? You know, maybe it's something with the way you're studying, right? Maybe you're doing passive studying you need to do more active. Maybe it's a logistics thing. I've talked to a lot of people, especially non-trads, who realize the number one thing they need to do to change their MCAT prep is involve friends and family, mm -hmm. right? Like I've, you know, talked to working mothers who take MCAT practice tests with toddlers on their lap. Like, you know, I appreciate the initiative and someone in your support group, hopefully you have a support group because unfortunately, you know, to get it, it's sometimes a family, a village endeavor, not just to raise that child, but to, to get the person into PA school or med school, right? So who can help you carve out time, right? Do you have family members who expect you to take care of little siblings? Are you able to say, okay, but in exchange, you need to give me, you know, one day, a one Saturday a month where I'm at the library all day, you know, or something, right? Like have those conversations, you know, with yourself, but with the people in your life to make a real difference in the way you go for the test. But yeah, if you need to do three, do it. I hope you ace it. Yeah. Um, Surgical Susie says, this is extremely innovative. I'm assuming uh, it's talking about math and, and helpful. There are no higher level care providers in my family. Everything I've learned on my journey has been learned from me researching it. I love this. And she also said Savannah's book taught me more resources that I wish I knew sooner. Um, so that's Eight awesome. Susie. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> Surgical Susie hanging out in the house. Yeah, yeah. And, and so for me, um, I, I come from a family uh, I'm a first generation four year college student. Nobody else in my family is a healthcare provider. My mom and my stepdad, who I grew up with, didn't even graduate high school. So it's like there there wasn't a lot of education in my family. I was I was out navigating it all on my own. Uh, so then I don't know what your your journey is uh, uh, with healthcare teachers. in your family. Yeah, yeah that's so right. No, educators. No, the healthcare providers. Yeah, both come from teachers. Um, same. My mom, mom was elementary kindergarten. My dad taught the technical school welding, which I, I can weld. Fun fact. Um, nice. Yeah. So yeah, it came from from teachers, and they just encouraged me, and and definitely uh, helped help me kind of get there with what they could. But they didn't know about the med medical process at all, and it, it was a lot of navigating, and that's kind of another area of where the PA platform came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I, I'm going to flip my camera around here. Um, it's showing this this message, ignore oh. the like dust on my screen, uh, from January or uh, December 2019, <laughs> messaging Savannah, going, I haven't forgotten about you, right? We were trying to connect and do stuff. And, and then but you uh, did. Hey, I'm sorry for going MIA, pivoted a little. <laughs> <laughs> AKA I started mapped. Um, that's funny. And and then yeah, got back got back into it. So nice. That's a, some some fun history there. Um, Driss Driss asks, "Am I doomed if I sit in secondaries mid to late August or early September? Would be within two weeks of receiving, but I know it's generally pretty late in the cycle for those. You're fine. You're fine." Yeah. How do you find pretty? Pretty Lee asks, "How do you find your why?" PA over MD. Yeah. Song for me. Is, is, is that a common uh, question, Savannah, for, for PA student, pre-PA students of yeah. like, why do you want to be PA? Why, why not just go to med school? MD. Yeah, it is because we, we all know what doctors are. We all know what doctors and nurses are. Most people don't know what a PA is until later. That's changing some. I mean, the PA profession really didn't start until 1960s, 1970s. So it's fairly new, whereas doctors have been around forever um and so that that is part of it is just it's not as well known I didn't know what a PA was until my senior year of high school um and that was pretty early back 10 12 years ago so uh what also some people may not know my husband is a doctor so he's a hospitalist he went to med school while I went to PA school 
and and so we had a lot of those discussions and now he works with PAs a lot and we, we still talk about that uh, and a lot of people will come to us and ask you know how'd y'all decide what you're gonna do um, for me it was shadowing I shadowed PAs and doctors and specifically a PA and doctor team mm -hmm. in between freshman and sophomore year of college and just talking to them, asking lots of questions, seeing what they were doing, talking about, I'm very futuristic. So thinking about goals, things I wanted to do. Uh, for me, it just made sense to do PA. I was able to do everything I wanted to do, mm -hmm. which was taking care of patients. And I am definitely like a talk it out kind of person. So I love the team-based aspect of being a PA and having a physician to talk with if I need to. And that was just very appealing to me. Um, and honestly, freshman year, I had a lot of anxiety about like chemistry and things and um, the classes were tough and it was a lot. And so then starting to think about, okay, well my MCAT score is gonna determine where I can go to school. And then I've got to take these step tests, which have changed a little bit, but to figure out if I can do residency. And then, you know, my husband's gonna be in med school and we have to go to different residencies. Looking at all of that, when I made the decision for PA, I felt at peace. I never looked back, never changed my mind, never had a doubt. And so for me, that made sense. And I think if you're somebody who is continually having doubts of, well, I might want to go to med school. I might, that, I might not be happy with that. Just talk to more people, listen to more podcasts, watch more videos. You have to figure out for you what's going to be the best fit. Now I get to work clinically as a dermatology PA two days a week. It's great. I get to see my two kids a lot. I get to see my husband a lot. And I still get to be clinical and working with patients. So I'm very happy with my decision, but we need doctors, we need PAs. So there's yep. no no right answer. It's just what works best for you. Yeah, yeah I think one of the big things, and we, we have the same issue within the pre-med side of pitting DO versus MD. A lot of students, when they are okay. interviewing at osteopathic schools, they have a tendency to put down MD to talk about why they want to be mm -hmm. DO. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming it's a poten potentially the same struggle of like, we don't have to put down the physicians to talk about why we want to be a PA. No. I just want to be a PA. I don't, I, <laughs> right. I don't want that. That doesn't mean that's bad. I just want to do this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's much more about why it's a good fit for you and not because you saw a terrible doctor one time. Uh, <laughs> and, and my other big pet peeve, I don't know if you hear this, probably not as much, is work-life balance. Uh, yep. People will, you know, say, well, I'll, maybe I'll do PA because I want a better work-life balance. And that just to me, you can choose that. That's up to you to create that and, and pick your priorities. At my first practice I worked at, I worked more than any of the doctors there. Mm -hmm. At my practice I'm at now, I work less than anybody else. So, you know, you decide where all of that fits in, whether you're a doctor, a PA, whatever job you're in. Um, yeah. Kind of got to figure, figure out how to make those logistics work in your situation. Yep. Yeah. Mishmelo says, I second Savannah's books. They've been so helpful. Pieces of Peyton says, same here. You got your uh, fan club in the house. Yay. Uh, Pieces thanks of Peyton guys, says, thanks guys. <laughs> is, there a list, is there a list anywhere of no GPA slash holistic PA programs in the States? I don't have money for a post-bac and have a 2.9 GPA. Mm -hmm. So for, first off, that's a lot of the kind of stuff that we want to build into maps. So you have yeah. that big database of PA programs that can filter and sort and do all of that kind of stuff there. Yes. Until that's in, in mapped, Savannah, what, where can Peyton go? So there, there's not a, I wouldn't say there's a great list that is continually updated right now. And that makes it tough because you're like sifting through the program websites and all of that, um, and it's hard. So yes, we are working on that in MAP right now. Like literally we're working on the list and making sure it will be updated regularly so that it can be accurate and reliable. That's the biggest roadblock to having that type of list. And so right now you can see every program in MAP and you can kind of make notes about them and it has information. I would just double check the website until we give you the go ahead of like, hey, everything's updated. Um, so you can start there. 
always check the program averages too. That's my one of my pet peeves with these holistic low GPA school minimums is sometimes you then look at the average of their accepted GPAs and even though they didn't have a minimum, it's like 3.8. So that tells you they don't really look at applicants holistically. Um, if you want to message me, there are a couple schools I might could recommend just kind of want more information about like what you're looking for because we don't want to choose a school just based on stats either. It needs to be a good fit because um, there's there's a lot that goes into it. So it's more of a discussion. But yes, we are working on a way and mapped to be able to filter that a little bit easier to narrow your list so that you can then look into those a little bit easier. Yeah, I have a One, question. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. You go, you go right uh, so one of the things we talk a lot about for um, future MD, future DO is that upper trend, right? So this question asker has a 2.9. I have zero judgment, right? STEM is hard. And I don't know her story. You know, maybe she got C's in accounting 10 years ago, and now she's back and killing it in her STEM, right? But so um, with, with med, we're often talking about, okay, but can you prove to the school you're ready for the rigor? Um, so would you say that's a similar factor on the PA side? Uh, yes, it's, it's very similar. Definitely want to see an upward trend, strong grades in prereqs, science courses, even if they're retaken. Um, but a lot of schools do have a hard minimum. And okay. if you don't hit that, and then that. they're they're not going to even see your application. Uh, so yeah, and, and 3.0 is that magic number for most schools. Okay. And then once they can actually look at your application and see those things, right. that's more beneficial. But yeah, it's it's hitting that. And there's we've had this conversation in MAPT that there's no rounding in CASA. Right. They do not right. round up. You can have a 2.999999, and it's still going to be a 2.99. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no rounding. Yeah, that, that's exactly where I was going to go, Rachel. So uh, I'm glad you brought it up. The the big thing, right, and, and students may not think it's fair, like you you need to be able to pass PA school. You need to be able to pass med school and, and the schools need to make sure that you're going to do that or else you're going to have lots of debt and no degree to support you in, in paying that debt back. So first and foremost, they're they're protecting themselves, but they're also protecting you by having some sort of GPA minimums and looking at trends and all that kind of stuff to make sure you're going to, you're going to pass. That's good. Um, I had another uh, amazing thought that now went away. So I'll just keep going here. Uh, Sur Surgical Susie says, my mom didn't graduate high school either. It's inspiring to see more people who are in a similar spot to me doing great things for others. I love this. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Susie. That's awesome. Um, all right. Uh, I mean, fun fun fact, my mom went back. Uh, she got her GED, I don't know, five years ago, four years That's ago, and then, and then just got her AA. So, uh, Go uh, Ryan's so, mama. Love that. <laughs> I think she graduated two years ago with her AA. So uh, Mishmel says still having orgo nightmares. <laughs> yes. Uh, Same. <laughs> uh, all right. Right. I hope this is posted later to view. I'm on a plane. Yes. Yeah. Another fun fact yeah. is I went to the University of Georgia. Go dogs. Ryan didn't, but our classes were really hard. Um, University of Florida was just listed as the number one public school in the country, my friend. So but just saying, football. go Gators. <laughs> <laughs> but football, um, we were good. Our, our time, our time will be back. Our, our time will come again. It's a pendulum. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a we're pendulum. Gonna you you ride guys that wave though. <laughs> Whatever. And and, um, and Rachel is an Ohio State Buckeye. I am. Um, although less less uh, vicious. I don't. Yeah, I don't have the rabid football fandom that you usually would expect from a Buckeye. I mean, of course, go Bucks, right? And like, we were joking about this last night with Georgia and, and Florida, right? Like, my favorite teams are Ohio State and whoever's playing Michigan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have quite the same intensity about it that some people do. Yeah. Uh, pieces of Peyton said, I heard it actually gets rounded down in CASPA for retaken classes. Is there a caveat for? No, classes. so people do, yeah, there's some confusion over what happens with retaking classes, and 
the best way to explain it is that they are just counted the same as any other class. There's yeah, no averaging. There's no classes. rounding. Yes, it's just another class. Yep. So no worries there. Um, how do med schools feel about online classes? I'm seeing that come up in the questions about PA and med school. PAs are divided. Like some schools accept them, some don't. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know how same. med same. schools feel. Okay. Same, same. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. And I call out schools all the time. I'm like, you taught your students online during COVID. What's wrong with online classes? And so I praise um, Hopkins yes. is kind of the first med school, at least that I'm aware of, that made a huge policy, sh policy shift after COVID that said, we accept online classes, period. Before COVID, during COVID, after COVID, that's our new policy. Um, and, and I praise them for that because they, they were like, we did fine during COVID teaching students med school online. They can take OCHEM online and, and do just fine. Yeah. Are there any online med so, yeah. schools? Not yet. Okay. Um, I mean, it's on our to-do with, list. With a... <laughs> With a, with a caveat, there is, um, and I don't know the name off the top of my head. It's it's a school. It's a it's technically a Caribbean school. Um, I've talked to them a couple times. They're they have a very interesting tuition model. They have a very interesting education model where you you start med school. You're just at home uh, mm -hmm. and just taking classes. And you you pay monthly. It's not like this huge tuition bill that that comes, and so it's super interesting. Yeah. And they're going after a very specific subset of, of students. And so I, I'm very interested in the model. Um, <laughs> I have thought it's it's funny. Um, John, uh, who Rachel used to work for, I had a very in depth conversation with him one day about a potential vision of mine, where in the future um we have an online med school and this was pre-covid and and again covid kind of um played out the scenario of like oh we can teach online there's no issue there and and obviously you would have to have some sort of set uh things for um learning the clinical skills right at taking vitals doing physical exams that kind of stuff uh, potentially cadaver anatomy. I'm, I'm a huge believer in cadaver anatomy yeah. and, and cadaver yeah. labs. Um, <clears throat> but, but doing some sort of specific online med school for a very specific, to start uh, a very specific residency path of like, you want to be a family practice physician, come to this med school. We have 20 students. It's all online. And then we have guaranteed placement, assuming you pass med school, guaranteed placement in a residency, family medicine residency program, no match, no stress, no nothing. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's an interesting model. That is interesting. So I don't know if you know, well, you probably do because you do this, but at Augusta, they have moved to a three-year med school yeah. track for... Yeah. Um, people who are wanting to go into specific specialties like family medicine um, with some of those like dual practice in Georgia. And then we just got something, I believe, where part of the tuition is covered or prorated to also encourage that, which I think is yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And NYU, I, I had a conversation with the, the dean of admissions at NYU. He's been on the podcast a couple of times, the pre-med years podcast. Um, they introduced a three-year model for several different residency paths, including like OBGYN and, and like some of these, yeah, yeah so, some more kind of specialty um, residencies. And, and med school used to be three years and then we went to four years and now we're going back to three years. I think it should be five years. I'm like, we're doubling our medical education, our medical knowledge, like every three months or something at this point. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And we're trying to cram it into smaller yeah. and smaller amounts of time. Um, although it's impossible to learn at all. And most of med school is just learning how to learn and <laughs> understanding how to ask the right questions to go Google. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's a, it's a fun part. Um, awesome. Where, uh, where else? I'm going to block this dude. Oh, uh, cool. my. <laughs> That'd be yes. cool. 
comments uh, are strained to verge on not okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I just saw some of those. I'm like, okay. Know how. <laughs> You're gone. Uh, Maddie's asking, I'm doing a school volunteering program with an elementary school nurse, and I'm hands-on. Could that count towards patient care hours? Sounds like a pre-PA question based on those uh, specific patient care hours. Yeah, I language. need to know exactly what you were doing. Uh, and so here's the thing when it comes to applications, you can categorize whatever you want, wherever you want. So you can work at Taco Bell and put it as patient care experience. You, you do what you want, but ultimately it's up to the schools. And that's where there's a lot of this gray because some schools call scribing healthcare experience, some call it patient care experience. Also, your scribe job might have more hands-on experience. So this all comes down to how you categorize it, how you feel like it fits into these categories, and how you describe it. So if you're hands-on and you're doing things you would do with a patient in a medical setting, that's a little different because it's the school. But yeah, if you have a description, you can send it to me. Um, it could it could be patient care experience you could classify it as patient care and a school may go no that's more healthcare experience and that's okay you're not going to get deemed or anything for putting it in the wrong category unless you are blatantly trying to increase your hours or yeah. be a little sketchy there so just you know think about it objectively look at what you're doing see where it fits best based on the definitions given and and don't don't worry too much about it. that's a, a theme I've noticed this cycle is maybe um, overthinking a lot of things so just know there there are some red flags out there but if you're genuine generally and genuinely trying to put everything in there correctly and not stretching things you'll be okay so you'll, you'll be all right so, so what you're saying is we need to make a version of this for pre-PA students. Yes, please. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Such a common issue. Common issue. Common issue. All right. Cool. Um, Carolyn says, I just received the PA school interview invite and I'm wondering the best way to prep for MMI interviews. So this is, Ooh. this is good for, for med and PA. Yes. The MMI world. MMI, yeah, it's it's a weird world, especially in PA because it's newer to PA schools. I feel like they've started adopting it kind of after med schools, and so some schools will say they do MMI, but they really just do more of stations with regular questions mm -hmm. or different inter like more of a traditional interview in stations. Yep. So take that with a grain of salt and just prepare for any type of interview. I think that's the best way to approach it no mmi strategy but also practice different question types um so yeah i have the pa school interview guide for the pa side ryan has a book on the med side for interviews and i'm sure you cover mmi in it um my biggest advice for starting your prep for my side is just google the pa platform and whatever you're looking for if you look up the pa platform mmi you're going to find podcasts and videos and all kinds of stuff, and then that will probably take you to other resources. Um, and then we do practice those in our mock interviews with our PA coaches. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do some one-on-one -on -one to really kind of get in there and get some feedback beforehand, we can help you with that. But MMI, also practice timing. That's the biggest issue I see in mock interviews is people aren't used to having that five-minute usually um, chunk of time to respond. And most people, after about two minutes, feel done. And then you have a lot of time left over, so you want to learn how to optimize that and make the most of it in an MMI interview setting. Nice. Uh, Rachel, we do a lot of MMI prep uh, for pre-med students with, with our advisors. Uh, what, what is your biggest tip for uh, the MMI? Uh, the most common thing I, I see, you know, I do a lot of I do some one-on-one one -on -one interview prep. I do a lot of prep in Academy where we are group advising program. The most common question I get once we've done the practice and we're doing the feedback portion is, well, was that the right answer? And you have to walk yourself away from the idea that there is a credited response, right? This isn't the MCAT where if the AAMC says C is the response, like you could argue it all day, but you still got to pick C, right? It's not like that. Um, most of those, uh, I mean, like Savannah hinted, sometimes MMIs do still have traditional questions, but 
if it's an ethics scenario, if it's a question that involves professionalism or cultural sensitivity or teamwork or touches on one of the more kind of polarizing health issues in the nation, you're not trying to dogmatically convince your interviewer of the right response. You're trying to open up your mind and show them the way you think. Um, and Savannah, you mentioned before your parents are teachers. I'm the daughter of a high school math teacher. And so like I've had drilled into me my entire life, show your work. You might get partial credit if you show your work. <laughs> and, and so this is kind of like that, right? It's not just about getting to the answer. It's just showing them, right? Because I think the thing that a lot of people forget in those ethics scenarios is it's relatively easy to say why well, would confront them and I would report them to the authorities if I had to in a theoretical thing. But in a real life situation, you're dealing with a human, right? You're going to be kind. You're going to be nervous. Um, I won't go down a whole path of whether or not contacting the authorities is the right thing, but it's not the knee-jerk easy response that I think some people think it is. Um, and so just tell me, like, what questions would be in your mind if this situation actually happened to you? Like, mm -hmm. and so maybe I've talked for a long time, right? The meta point here is don't be dogmatic, but maybe a good concrete takeaway is your response should involve the questions you're asking, not just the things you're going to do. Yeah. yeah. I always say think out loud. Yeah. Just practice thinking out loud. Help me understand how you get from point A to B and not just this is my decision, mm -hmm. but you do have yep. to make a decision too, though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Same. You do. And it's, it's the same for Casper, right? And Casper and the yes. MMI were both created by the same team at McMaster university in Canada. Uh, thank you. Crazy Canadians for that lovely, uh, lovely torture that you give us. Um, but it's, it's the same. And I've, I've had in-depth conversations with the people at Casper. I've sat in on presentations where they've shown, I've asked if I could show it, but they won't let me show. <laughs> um, they, they've shown what uh, a good answer, a bad answer, um, and, and a medium answer, what the responses look like. And, and the bad answers are, are kind of, Rachel, what you were saying is that that dogmatic response of like, I know the answer. I'm like, great. I don't really care that you know the answer. I want to understand how you got to your answer. That's where you get the points for Casper and the MMI. So thinking out loud showing your work, all that kind of good stuff. And, and a lot of times it's, it's not a specific answer they're looking for. Um, and so there's a lot of stress, especially the world that we're in of pre-meds and pre-PAs of uh, uh, healthcare questions and medical legal stuff and, and ethical stuff. And it's just like, you don't, you're not supposed to know anything. You're not a doctor yet. You're not a PA yet. So don't, don't think you have to know this information. Just, just, talk and think and explore your your kind of inner dialogue that you're having and, and let the interviewer know what you're thinking awesome all right uh emmanuel says i hope you both are doing well all three of us uh, i submitted my secondaries last month was wondering potentially when i should expect an interview so i, I like this one because it's, it's <laughs> applicable to both med and pa um you also submit your supplementals. We have secondaries in the in the med space, the pre-med space. Um, it's waiting. Yeah, there's there's no like, okay, you turned it in. Within a week, you'll know whether or not you get an interview, right, Savannah? No. Yeah. <laughs> waiting games. So frustrating. It's yeah. all waiting. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the memes of of like bones sitting in a chair, going, still waiting for my interview invite. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my, my rough rule of thumb around all of this or my rough guideline is make sure you know how to check all forms of spam in your email, right? Like, you know, with Gmail, people forget about that promotions category thing. Like, make sure you've really researched. Is there anywhere an email could be hiding in my inbox and know how to fix that or change it? Check your email once or twice a day. Make sure that unknown numbers don't go straight to voicemail, right? I mean, you might want to pick it up. Right, just for this year, <laughs> case and you never know. I mean, it tends to happen more in the winter, spring, but sometimes it, usually interview invites seem to be email or portal. But every once in a while, you get that last minute call. Hi, I have a space on Monday. Do you want it? Uh, you probably do. <laughs> right. So make yourself super accessible, but then only check once or twice a day, and try or, to find. Yeah. Or use map mail. <laughs> or use map mail. We we have a tool in map. 
where you basically give the application service ryan at mactmail.com and we will still send it the email to your regular personal email address but we'll also send you a text message that says hey this school just sent you an email go check your email <laughs> and right. then you don't find it in your inbox and then you know to go explore other places yeah uh, good point. Yeah. Do all my complicated stuff or just sign up for math now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's free. It's in the free part of math. Um, for now. Yeah. For now. Anyway, so do it now while it's free because it may go behind the pay paywall. <laughs> I don't know how, how many people actually check their email only only once or twice a day when waiting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's an aspirational goal, but I just mean like if you just sit there waiting to refresh, you're just going to be in a constant state of anxiety. Oh, I know. Like, comes up in our Facebook group all the time. They're like, how many times are you checking your emails? <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like right now knitting and crochet have become, like, a thing. I mean, it, it might just be, you know, my limited TikTok worldview, but a lot of people are, like, figuring out ways to keep their hands busy. Instead like, of, this is, yeah. This is a good, a good time, right? Yeah. Learn meditation, learn knitting, go for a jog. Uh, <laughs> Watch something so, on TV that, like, you actually have to watch. You can't, like, be half on your phone. Like, you know, watch something that actually engages you. <laughs> Find some ways to pass the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mish, Mish Mello asks, is it available available for pre-PA as well? Yes, mapped, mapped mail available for pre-PA. Um, as we wrap up here, um, in a month, we are all going to be together in Baltimore, Maryland yes. for MappedCon. Um, MapsCon is a, a, our first in-person conference that we're putting on. The last couple of years, we've done a virtual one. Uh, Savannah, you were part of last yes. year's. Were you part of the one before that? I, no, maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but you were part of last year's as well. Um, it is Friday night, uh, all day Saturday and Sunday until like 1 or 2 o'clock in uh, early afternoon, uh, October 6th through 8th in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, right in the beautiful Inner Harbor area. We'll have PA admissions panels, MD admissions panels, DO admissions panels. We'll have uh, a full um, lobby area kind of full of exhibitor tables, mm -hmm. med schools, and, and other programs that are going to be there. Yep. That they want to meet you and hang out with you, um, Savannah. You you go to conferences as a, a PA. Talk about your your experience going to conferences. I love conferences. Uh, it's it's just so fun. Like it, you get to meet other people who are you know interested in the same thing you're interested in. Learn from each other. Help each other. Uh, meet people that you've only met online. Like meet in real life. That's cool. Uh, and so. I think it's a really good way to get a lot of information in a short period of time too. Because uh, sometimes time feels limited during the week and things, but if you dedicate a couple days to, you know, I'm gonna go learn about this, ask questions, it kind of hypes you up and gets what you need, kind of fills that cup up to help you move forward. So I think this is gonna be a really, really fun time. We're doing, y'all doing some pre-med meetups. We're doing some pre-PA meetups. We'll be kind of hanging out, um, doing talks and at the tables. And I think it'll be really fun to meet in real life and hopefully get you guys kind of on track, but excited. If you felt a little jaded in this process, a little overwhelmed, we can, you know, by by throwing you into an intensive weekend, get you on track. Yeah. Yeah. Excited. Rachel, anything to add about MapCon? Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be so much fun. And I mean, we, we picked Baltimore. Um, we wanted to be somewhere on the East Coast. It's really close to the train line. So, you know, there's um, there's still, I think we have, what, another two weeks left to get the special block rate at the hotel if you're going to stay. But, you know, really anyone, I think, kind of, in that northeast corridor you can at least pop in for a day or two there's just so many cool opportunities and uh yeah i think in particular all the all the pa schools md do schools podiatry schools pharmacy schools like this is a pre-health conference those people are there to meet you they paid money to meet pre-health students it is an amazing chance to get to actually talk to the people who might be reading your application this year or next year or the year after 
so excited. Uh, so mapscon.com, the link is right there pinned. Um, go check that out. Again, you can get your tickets uh, and still get a discounted room rate uh, right there on the homepage. There's a link um, for that. Savannah Perry, the PA platform.com. Rachel, you're here representing Map at mapped.com, M A P P D.com. Leave off the E, leave out the E. Um, Correct. For, for excellence. Um, and uh, I'm representing Medical School HQ today, medicalschoolhq.net um, is where you can find all of our stuff. Thank you all for hanging out and uh, listening to a little bit of our story and hopefully got some answers to your questions. Uh, excited for the future and what's yeah. to come. Yes. So thank you, everyone. Bye. Send us your ideas. Yes. Bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs>